You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You can change your name. You can submit the case of a rogue toilet toilet tampon to Unsolved Mysteries. Who left this tampon in the toilet? (laughs) Tune in tonight. That's what we're going to be talking about. But nothing, nothing can save you from the watch list. What was that intro? It was, okay, so someone at Jason's work was like, too, because there's a lot of women that work there, and she just says out loud, like, I'm not pointing any fingers, but somebody left a tampon in the toilet. <laughs> like, so everybody who works there? Yeah. I mean, why are you putting a tampon in the toilet? <laughs> I'm behind this girl, okay? <laughs> like, right. Well, I mean, like, everyone knows you don't flush them. It's just weird that she was like, I'm not, you know, she's like the oldest of the group, like, you know, matronly mom. I'm, she's like, I'm not pointing fingers, but I need to know. I got who did that? <laughs> That's not biodegradable, you know. She's got no shame in her game. Oh, come on, y'all. There's always that one <laughs> office mom. It doesn't matter really what organization it is. If there's more than one female, there's, there's a always, dead mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Sounds like it's that. Lady. How, How many women work there? <laughs> one, five. <laughs> so one like, of five and she's there's only one of four because uh, I would have been like what a bitch <laughs> I'd be like if that was me who, who did put it in there I'd be like oh no. I mean can we just have this private conversation yeah or could you just put a thing on the door maybe <laughs> pull all the, advising, the four like, women hey. aside <laughs> and ask them it's like, like that, saying all about friendship it's like a bunch of guys movie the thing where they were trying to figure out who was infected, and they're like, okay. And they started doing tests. <laughs> Everyone's tied up. Who was it? <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, welcome to the watch list, guys. So, um, yeah, happy Mother's Day. Or, I mean, it was Mother's Day yesterday. But, uh, yeah, I celebrated my Mother's Day Thursday because I was in Pittsburgh over the weekend for Three Rivers Comic Con. And... I keep calling it Borders, in a Barnes & Noble signing, which went very That's well. good. Both of them. I know. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm wearing my high school 2003 hoodie right now, and I keep calling it Borders. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it went really well. But I mean, Thursday, saw my mom, made her a cobbler. That was good. What'd you do? What did I do? Yeah. I saw you went to brunch. You're like, I don't know what you did, but I saw it. And I want you to tell me. <laughs> what did you eat? Um, yeah, we went to uh, um, Portofino. And it was really nice because they had brunch. And it was a large selection of uh, breakfast and lunch items. And then we got sat in the special room where it's all uncovered and just windows. 
you know, that where they have oh, yeah. to uh, kind of like the banquet area. And so it was really pretty. And then we found out that you can actually do the boat trips too for Mother's Day and have like pretty much the same thing, but on the boat and go towards like Detroit area. It's a little bit more expensive, but my mom wants to do that next year. Hopefully the weather pans out because we've had nothing but rain. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not an outdoor boat. Oh, okay. It's oh, like inside, oh, oh, oh. like Titanic style. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's parts that you can go outdoors, but it's mostly inside. Like I said, you, you can sail towards Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Pull it's a drive though. by in a boat. It's pretty because I've actually I've actually been <laughs> on gangster. that boat before <laughs> towards gangster. Detroit at night. They'll and never it's catch really you. Pretty. <laughs> never yeah. Well, if it's at night, yeah, that's super pretty. You're yeah, like, if it's at night, no. <laughs> there's nothing to see. But if it's at night, you're, just cruising, you're, you're cruising past the marathon plant. Oh god, what's the smell? Hey, but they shot Batman versus Superman over here. Oh shoot. Uh, oh, James Fernandez just sent me a message, our our, our listener. <laughs> right now we're broadcasting. Just said your name. Um, what did you do, Jess? Uh, nothing, because I'm still. I don't know. It's still mono. So Sunday, oh, that's I w- right. Sunday was uh an in day, but I feel better now. So I don't know. I'll probably go see my mom. Either this weekend or next week and probably next weekend actually and take her out to like lunch and give her her gifts. I got her like a cute little bracelet and stuff. She loves jewelry and she's obsessed with bracelets, so it's perfect. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. So I'm waiting for the first article to load up. Um so we had a dry spell, I feel like, of like a small one of weird news. Even the last episode we did, it was like, you know, there's nothing weird going on. But the weirdness came out of the woodwork for this show. According to MercuryNews.com, a man faked his death. His ex-wife faked his funeral. Then their son found him alive. So the body was found in the bushes along a dirt road in a rural town in Moldova on the morning of October. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, how, wait, how was this article? I'm sorry. Yeah, of October... Okay, of October 1st, uh, 2011, and within hours, uh, Irana Borotinov's... Irana's phone was ringing halfway across the world. From her home in Maple Grove, Minnesota, she shared the dreadful news to her two grown sons. The body belonged to their father, Igor. The circumstances were strange. The well-dressed dead man didn't appear to be beaten or shot, at least as far as the one investigating police officer could tell. But his body was already decomposing. Enlisting the help of his son, the police officer promptly brought the body to the state morgue, an old dilapidated building without refrigeration or air conditioning, whose single door was uh, only reachable by a dirt dirt path. There, the medical examiner determined that the body... Uh, found in the bushes, had died of a heart attack. He was carrying Igor's passport, among other identifying documents. Irana uh, hopped a plane. She arrived in the village of Kujusna and, accompanied by a USMC representative, traveled to the morgue to confirm that the dead man was Igor, her ex-husband. She told authorities... um, 
It was ele- she was elected to cremate his remains in Ukraine before returning home uh, with ashes in an urn. On November 4, she arranged his funeral at Lakewood Cemetery in Minneapolis, attended widely by a local Russian community who knew Igor well, according to federal prosecutors. Uh, but before long, Igor's oldest son, Alkan, was about to discover a $2 million secret. On a trip to Moldova in June 2012, while visiting a family friend at a party one night, Alkan found his father alive. To Alkan and uh, his brother's horror and, and relief, the body found in the bushes did not belong to Igor, nor did the ashes in the urn. Instead, federal prosecutors said their father was living large and under a fake name, Moldova and Ukraine, uh, reaping the fruits of a $2 million life insurance policy that his ex-wife collected despite knowing Igor was alive the whole time. Now, after authorities spent years searching for the undead Igor, the 54-year-old was convicted of mail fraud Friday after pleading guilty in a federal court in Minnesota. Irana, 52, had already pleaded guilty in 2016 and was sentenced to 37 months in prison for staging her husband's funeral and duping the insurance company into paying her the $2 million life insurance policy. Uh, which prosecutors said she'd intended to split with her ex-husband. Their eldest son, Alcon, 29, pleaded guilty in 2015 to failing to report his parents' fraudulent scheme to authorities, um, a felony, and sentenced to three years of probation. His defense attorney said he was the victim of his parents' deceit, but prosecutors allege Alcon's cover-up was a part of the family affair. The manner of this crime's execution was quite sophisticated, federal prosecutors wrote in court documents. We now know that there really was a body found in a field in Moldova. The government executed a search warrant on the urn at Lakewood Cemetery, and it contained human remains. Somehow, Moldovan officials were paid to write false reports to make it appear that Igor had actually died. This offense required um, deft uh, coordination and execution. Um, Irana submitted the insurance claim to Mutual of Omaha three days before Igor's sham funeral, prosecutor said. The insurance company uh, contracted the worldwide investigations to confirm that Igor was truly dead in Moldova, but prosecutors say the conspiracy was so entrenched that many of the people uh, the insurance company interviewed, including the police officer and medical examiner, were in on it. Uh, The police said... Uh, the police and the morgue employees all claim no one took pictures of the body. Um, no one had a camera. In <laughs> in March uh, 2012, Irana received more than $2 million and began wiring it all over the world. Switzerland, Hungary, Moldova, her son Alkan participated in some of the transactions. But his defense attorney, Matthew Menke, uh, claims he had no idea his father was alive until seeing with his own eyes. Um Prosecutors haven't challenged this claim. Uh, the June 2012 discovery, Mankey said court documents startled him. He was experiencing an emotional roller coaster with his father's uh, supposed death and resurrection. He had he actually had to experience a funeral memorial service for his father, only to later find out that his father was alive. What kind of people put their own child through such a kind of emotional turmoil? Um, and it, let's see. Okay, <clears throat> sorry. So, on June 18th, uh, 2013, the FBI received an anonymous tip from someone in Moldova claiming that Igor was alive living under the fake name (laughs) Nikolai Petoka in Ukraine. The next time Alkan and his Moldovi um, fiancé returned to the United States from Moldova in November, U.S. Customs had 
border protection detained uh, the couple and confiscated their belongings. On Alcom's laptop, an FBI agent testified in court in 2015 uh, that they found several curious photographs of the supposedly dead Igor. There was in uh, April 2013 posing uh, with Alcon's fiance, young daughter in a park. There he was in May playing with a little girl at a swimming pool and very much alive. Um, Irana and Alcon were arrested in 2015 while Igor remained in Moldova as federal authorities investigated. Alcon provided incriminating information against his parents, in part resulting in a more favorable plea agreement. But the Fed said the sentencing documents that he, uh, documents that he, oh, but Fed said in sentencing documents that he almost blew it. At the last minute, Alcon met with prosecutors and spontaneously put his father on the phone who spoke from Moldova. Igor then uh, concocted an elaborate story about kidnapping uh, that prosecutors said was ridiculous, uh, designed to make Irana appear innocent. Igor claimed that his friends in Moldova faked his death without his knowledge, then kidnapped him as part of a conspiracy to steal all the life insurance money. Igor and Alcon claimed that the kidnappers demanded ransom money from Alcon, uh, that the entire fraudulent scheme was the kidnappers' plan, and that Irana had nothing to do with it. What he did here by participating in fabricating this ridiculous story to make it look like Igor was kidnapped and his death st- uh, staged by his kidnappers without Irana's knowledge was so stupid that it actually appears to have led her a uh, plea of, gu- of guilty rather than obstruct a path of her uh, conviction. Uh, Igor was arrested in Moldova last November on uh, mail fraud charges and extradited to the United States. In his plea agreement filed Friday, prosecutors still do not know, do not reveal how exactly Igor and others managed to find a dead body on which uh, to plant his identifying documents. He is expected to be sentenced in July and prosecutors are seeking 41 months in prison. So this was just an update um, yeah, this because this was published uh, uh, May 7th, 2019. So this was just an update because this whole trial has been going on for years. I had no idea about it, but um, but it's interesting because those like mafia mafioso type fake deaths like those seem to only happen in movies. You know, yeah. I mean, I know they've happened before, but like life insurance places have become way you'd think they'd be way more hip to this like especially mutual of omaha who's been around for years and years and years um and the fact that there was no pictures taken of the body at all at a time of smartphones yeah that surprises me like how i mean you would think i don't know everyone was in on this yeah this is going down (laughs) a real big rabbit hole well because you said what medical examiners were also paid off yeah, Is that medical examiners, police. I mean, how much do they even get to keep at the end of this? When you're paying off all that people, all all of those people, it's not. I would imagine it's not cheap. Well, it's, it's like two, five grand here, ten grand here. You think, right? Because it's two million dollars. Then you're paying off those people, yeah. And then the wife, or the ex-wife, or whatever, had the son. Um, put those like some of the money into offshore accounts, like three different ones. And the son was assisting in the transactions. I thought the kids didn't know that the kid claims he didn't know. And now prosecutors are saying, no, he was in on this too. Uh. And then the whole kidnapper story, like they were apt to believe like the son until the whole, 
kidnapper story that Igor made up. Like, oh, these kidnappers made me fake my own death. You know, he had nothing to do with it, like, in his defense, but then was like, yeah, it was the kidnapper's idea, and the kidnappers were all behind this, and I can't say who it was, but then they're like, no, that made your son look really guilty, because now he's agreeing with this really stupid story yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah. They were better off before that. <laughs> no kidding. Kidnappers want your cash. They're not trying to wait through the whole entire claims process, which takes, like, a couple months. <laughs> but it is interesting because like you said, I mean, I thought the son was innocent because this whole thing started when the son was like, I found my parents alive. Ow, sorry. I've been having back spasms. Um He should have just went with his original story, which was that he didn't know anything because he was just told that his dad was dead. Right. Why did he say Oh, no, but then there was some kidnappers. <laughs> Why don't you just, just stick with your original story? Yeah. <laughs> we're now we're all rooting for him. <laughs> no, you I'm, just kept your fucking mouth shut. No, I'm not rooting for him. I'm just, I'm just saying if you're going to do something like that, then why are you... Like, right. Yeah. You know the number one thing people do is go backtrack on their stories and then it's like, okay, now you're fucking really, you know, <laughs> Now we lying. know you're lying. Right. Now you're really lying. Stick to your guns. Because people who... People, I'm not trying to make a show about how you get away with murder, but if people who are really guilty, they change their stories a lot. But people who look less guilty don't. Well, yeah, like, you know, we watch those shows like, what's that show? I almost got away with it. And those criminals are talking about like, you know, and a lot of times it's because they backtracked on a story or... You know, something didn't add up or... Yeah. Yeah. I almost got out of trouble once by lying to a cop. But then, like, the people I was with, their names came across the radio and it was just over. (laughs) (laughs) It was so close. Like, he was letting us leave and then it... Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shit. What was, what was <laughs> we this? Were so Can close. I know about this? What was this? Sorry. Mean, uh, well, I won't get into details, but it was like a house party... That it was like this flop house and whatever. They were looking for certain people. Well, no, there was like this huge fight that like broke out. So mm-hmm. yeah, then after that was over, people like called the cops, and I was with this group of people, and then this other group of people. But you, you were know. this close to walking away. This like so close. And then they called across their names, and they were like, "Is any one of you bleep bleep and bleep bleep and bleep bleep and bleep bleep?" We're like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Shit," because. You know, where I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We were with those people. <laughs> and, oh, man. You know, the jackasses I was with, they were the aggressors. So then it became a whole thing. <laughs> we we're so close. So close. It's weird. How did people even get away with faking their own death? I mean, even back, yeah. back in the day. I feel like it's less common to do that. And it's more common if you have a... um life insurance policy to be on one of those you know shows where it's like so and so uh poisoned their husband because they had a life uh poli- you know insurance policy right like um i watched one where she was slowly putting um i think it was rat poison in a small amounts mm-hmm. so that was not traceable to try to kill him and then finally like it wasn't working that well so then she put a larger amount in it 
and then they found out eventually. And uh, well, I think actually what happened was went to the hospital, and then she showed up to the hospital to visit him, and she gave the last deadly dose while she, he was in the hospital. Dang. Yeah. Through the That's like IV or something. Jeez. That's some Kill Bill shit. Through the IV, yeah. Come in with an eye patch and whistling. Yeah. Ready to do some damage. I can't remember how she whistles. Do, 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 do. I can't hey. whistle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, go to me on the, in the movie. Like, okay, I need you to whistle. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I get jealous of people who can actually whistle. I'm like, I. You're like, can I get a whistle double in here now? <laughs> I can whistle in, but I can't like do like that dog whistle that people do when they like oh, blow they put, out. They oh put yeah, their, uh, fingers, yeah, like the two fingers in their mouth. My mom can, which is like the cool whistle, you know. So can't do the cool one. <laughs> I sound like air blowing through the crack of a window. Like, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It's that guy on Family Guy who's like always after the the sun. Oh, the pervert. Yeah. Gosh, and he also oh, like kind of whistles a little bit when he talks. He does. I've seen the paper boy. Looking forward to my good news. Looking forward to paper boy. It's like the only pedophile that people have ever mm-hmm. liked in the history of you know. You little piggly son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he said that? I love that yeah. old man. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. I do. I have actually a strange story. It's not like a paranormal or conspiracy or anything like that. But I was looking at this because being in the service industry where you um, rely on tips a lot of times, this kind of pissed me off. And you guys can tell me what you think. But this was um, posted on May 11th and... What happened was that a woman and her daughter, I believe it was, yeah, um, went to eat lunch at a restaurant. And when they went to go cash out, they left and the person who was waiting the table went to go clean it up. Well, they left no tip. And the waiter was going to throw everything away that was on the table and then found an envelope and it turns out to be um, a cashier's check. So the um, waiter contacted the woman who left the cashier's check behind, which actually ended up being a down payment on a, it looks like a house, no, a condo. And she was super grateful. But the thing that irritates me is that um, <laughs> that uh, the woman was like, um, let me see, let me see exactly what she said. I'm so grateful that the insult that we gave him did not prevent him from going the right from going the right thing. I think it, they meant to put doing the right thing. The insult we gave him did not prevent him from doing the right thing. Meaning that we did the we did not r- leave a tip, which was the insult, and so <laughs> we did the wrong wow. thing, and then he did the right thing. So a wrong makes a right, huh? Bitch. I'm like, and then I was, I was like expecting like him to get some of the money at least as a tip. Nope. Wow. Dang. Yeah, no it, soul. That is evil. And all it says here is like, I'm glad we had it here for you is what the waiter said. And then it, it would have been dramatic for a lot of people. She was in tears. 
She was super excited that someone had found it and um and kept it. Wow. Man. I wish that dude would have threw it in the garbage. I read this and I was <laughs> right. irritated. Inconvenience her for an hour so at the bank. I'm like <sighs> That would have been karma if it was thrown thrown away. It really would have. Right. Like, but good on, good on at him, all. though. Good on him for turning the yeah. But I would have, too. But at the same point, I would have been mother F in the whole way. <laughs> I mean, I would have given it back, too. But the thing is, like, can't you even give, a, like, a finder's reward? I'm not saying give, like, you know, out of your check. But couldn't you give the dude $10? Yeah. Like, you <laughs> couldn't even tip him. And he still returned your Sorry, we're check. broke because we just uh, bought a condo. You understand, right? You got the check. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, that's like the, I think I might have said this before. That's like the time a guy was at the bar was like uh, buying a bunch of um, people shots and stuff and then goes, um, sorry, I tip you, but, I, uh, you know, I'm." he said something like, oh, I spent all my money. I'm like, dude, you just bought everybody in this whole bar a uh, a shot. That's terrible. That's so tacky. Reminds it me really of this. Is. Don't go out to eat or drink whatever mm-hmm. if you're not going to be able to tip. And also, you know, don't even order Uber Eats if you can't tip or a pizza if you can't tip. Right. Somebody is servicing you. They deserve a tip. A lot of people rely, well, especially waiters and waitresses. Yeah, they were. That's they get the paid big, two dollars an hour. Right. That's the. Big chunk of their paycheck. Yeah. It's like, sorry, I just bought the whole, you know, place something. But I don't have any left now. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff's disgusting to me. I worked in the service industry way too long to like, you know. Yeah. They almost think it's like cute. Like it's funny. Like, oh, oh, well. Yeah, how would you like it if your boss was like, oh, well, can't pay yeah. you. I'm only going to pay you for half of an hour. Right. I but I want you to work the whole thing. <laughs> how about you fuck off? You get it, though, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I gambled a lot this weekend. Yeah. You understand, right? <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> I gambled away part of your paycheck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> see you tomorrow. <laughs> but I'll see you at 8 a.m., okay? <laughs> No. <laughs> I remember one time I was working for this place. And this doesn't have to do with tips, but it, people not paying. So I worked for long ago, this really, like, quote, wellness center. And I did not work there very long. It was this guy who owned it. I think he was a drug dealer. But it was really weird because I only worked there for, you know, a, a few, maybe a month. And I was like, where's our paychecks? And uh, some of the therapists were like, wow, you haven't worked here very long, have you? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, oh, they're always late. And I'm like, mm. um, no, that's not happening. Yeah, that's why, not how this works. <laughs> why do you still work here? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we've gone for a month without a paycheck. I go, why do you still work here? Dude, you can work anywhere. Are you serious? So I got, I told, <laughs> I, I felt bad for her. But at the same time, she was the manager on duty. I go, I am walking right now unless I get a check. Yeah. You write me a check or I will see you in small claims court. You get on the phone with that fucker. Sorry, I I don't mean to swear like that, but listen, I was so mad. And I was like, because he was out of town. I go, get him on the horn. Get him on the horn or I will see you in small claims court. Yeah. And she was freaking out. And he got on the phone with me and he's like, 
um, you know, I have the paychecks here, you know, they're with me and, uh, I forgot to, uh, to, to drop them off. But, you know, when I'm, when I'm home, you know, I'll, I'll give you years ago. No, no, this is America. I said, give me my paycheck. You have somebody here. He was in Texas. I go, you have somebody, Uh, write me a check right now. Then then you have somebody, give me some money out of the drawer, whatever you got to do, but I'm going to quit right now. Right. By golly, I got a check. I don't remember you ever telling me that story. It was a long time ago. Like when I first started massage. Mm -mm. You ain't going to do that. Nuh uh. It actually surprises me. I've worked for people that they consistently, consistently pay late. And I'm like, you know, I understand that you don't need the money, but I can work for you at this rate because I do. Mm-hmm. So give me my money when it's supposed to come. I shouldn't have to say please five times and then still be put off the next day and then thank you for being late when you pay me. Like, that's ridiculous. But especially service jobs, too. It's like yeah. there's other places I can go work. Absolutely. Like, this place ain't all that. Mm-mm. I I had, um, at one of my very first jobs, I had a, a boss who uh, would say, uh, give the give the check a week because it might bounce if you catch it right away. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you not have the funds in there? Are you spending them so fast? Yeah, that, and it's like people got bills to pay. And I'm like, yeah. uh, that always scared me because I'm like, is this going to... What? That's scary. You should never have to say that to people. No, never. Well, and I mean, yeah. Some people just <laughs> should not. They shouldn't be bosses. They're not cut out for it. Like if you're completely unorganized, you can't remember to pay people on payday, you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur and have people working for you. Or just figure out a way to like do it all yourself. <laughs> That's crazy. If you know you're going to go out of town, you should prepare yeah. Right. I just don't own a business. Well, even well, that, but like, you said that they that was something regular. Like, they would wait sometimes a month to get paid. I couldn't paid. believe those other therapists. I'm <laughs> like, nuts. why are you guys putting up with this? Why do you still work here? You could go work anywhere. I don't understand why you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> what? And there's always massage places looking for, you know, massage therapists. So, no, I would No. That's crazy. Oh, crazy, crazy, crazy. They probably felt like inside they're probably like, yes, because they probably needed you to be their spokesperson. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like someone had to do it. Everybody gets a check. Yep. Ran I, checks on this place. I was raising all kinds of hell. It's like, when do you get back from Texas? <laughs> yeah. Jerry Maguire. I was going Jerry Maguire. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> so yeah. I spoke on the last episode how um anomalian and anomalian, however you want to say it, A N O M A L I E N has become one of my new favorite websites. Just came across it's really good for weird news. There's a boots up. But there is a shaman out there who is saying that the genocide of the human race is coming soon. Um, it's loading up. But, um, but yeah, you know, another doomsday prediction. Um, I know there's been some, and this is really weird when, when Christians say this, because it's those weird group of Christians that think they can predict the end of the world, even uh-huh. though it's blasphemy to try to do that. But Jesus told me. 
Yeah, Jesus told me that Trump is going to be our last president. Like <laughs> I keep hearing that. Funny. That's our what la- they said about last the last president. president and the one before. Like ever. <laughs> ever, yeah, because... <laughs> not yeah, that he's going to be president forever, but like we're all going to die. Well, and isn't the new president always no, like the Antichrist in the Christian church? They're like, oh, no, he's the devil. The end of times is coming, and it's starting with that man. And you're like, okay, but you can only I say that for so many presidents, right? I think CERN is all over that. <laughs> they, they, they brought forth the Antichrist. Um, so uh, Hopi shamans warn of a possible end of the human race. One of the most ancient civilizations of North America is the Navajo or Hopi Indians. Uh, they themselves still believe the rituals that they received from their ancestors and that they faithfully perform from generation to generation. Uh, this is their mission of hope, the purpose on which is to preserve human humanity on Earth. The Navajo shamans possess ancient manuscripts, which, according to legend, are derived from people uh, from the former race of white people who died just as humanity uh, could soon die. These ancient sources say allegedly... Um, that we already live on the fourth earth and that the three previous ones have destroyed themselves since these civilizations have dictated their lives to pleasures and struggled for power. Unfortunately, humanity is no different from them and at the very moment catastrophically approximates the fourth earth apocalypse. Um, Which I'm going to stop here for a second because I too believe that the earth has ended before and that if you believe in dimensional theory... That this is the next go round. Wasn't that what 2000 was about? Uh, t- uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. Um, so and everybody who wasn't in a certain level was going to die off. Right. Or things just change. You shift to a parallel universe. Like life after death is just shifting into the next That's where reality. Sex and the city, sex in the city. Oh, exactly. Out. Yep. Because in the other one, <laughs> it was sex in the city, which makes sense. <laughs> anyway. Or Bernstein Bears, Berenstein Bears. Berenstein. Definitely Berenstein. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with dimensional theory. All these people sharing the same false memory. Um, it's not false. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, humanity is no different from uh, the previous... Um, gluttonous ones. So Hopi shamans uh, do everything possible to prevent this inglorious end, but so far they have failed. The apocalypse, they say, approached after the outbreak of the war with Iraq. Um, it reminds me of the Terminator when he's like, uh, what was it? It was in the third one when uh, John Connor, older John Connor, was like, well, I thought we stopped Judgment Day. And he's like, no, you only delayed it. Like, Judgment Day is inevitable. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> The Hopi shamans do everything possible to prevent this inglorious uh, end, but so far they have failed. Um, and the apocalypse, they say, approached the outbreak, uh, um, approached after the outbreak of the war with Iraq. The Hopi shamans spoke at a special conference where they even showed the ancient manuscripts for the first time and explained that they were warning mankind about. Uh, but this did not stop the U.S. government, and therefore the Third World began. Third World War began, and it continues on Earth so far, bringing humanity to an inglorious end. However, according to the text of the same manuscripts, the human race has a chance to survive because the number of righteous people on the planet is growing. A nuclear war can destroy most people, but this will not be the end. A demigod will come to lead the remaining righteous, and they will eventually establish a just and happy society on Earth. However, Namaho shamans immediately agree 
Um, everything may end more sadly. So the mission of hope is not only aimed at preventing the apocalypse, but also in continuing the uh, the continuity of civilizations. So did all the spiritual people of all three lost civilizations. And if humanity is destined to sink into oblivion, then the knowledge gained and accumulated by people should not be lost uh, for the next fifth race of earthlings. So they say they at the end they say the next fifth race of earthlings. So I don't know if they believe so much in its its dimensional theory or if just like recycling, like the right. earth just starts over again and it's like mm, let's kill these off. They suck. Let's start over. Right, exactly. Go <laughs> shift back to you know prehistoric times and then go from there. I mean, okay. So lately, maybe the last year or so, I uh. I can kind of get behind that because I feel like the human race is actually regressing. Like people mm-hmm. are getting stupider. You know, there's and more, less more common extreme, sense. There's more extreme, more violent, more angry. Well, yeah, that and yeah, extremely violent. Violent people are just becoming volatile in general to one another, and it's like, um, how, how do I explain that? It's like, I don't know. It's like stupidity and. I don't know. People are just, I feel like, getting stupider and more abrupt, and they don't think about things before they say them. And they don't care to think about things before they say them. There is this whole and, thing. I of, mean, we were talking about Instagram. Girls are getting paid to like post their butts online and stuff, and right. I mean, people are just handing money to them. There's no, there's no values anymore. Right. Like you don't even have to have like any intelligence to actually be successful, which. I mean, it's cool because honestly, like pretty people, really, really pretty people who are dumb as shit just basically had to marry to get anything. So good for the girls that are really dumb, but also really pretty because good at for least, you guys. well, at least they can earn on their own now. So right. there's that. I mean, good there's for you opportunity. guys. Hey, there's a market for it. Use it to your advantage. I would for sure. But also, I don't know. I, I just feel like the human grace is regressing. So any day I'm just like... Sitting here like, oh, okay, any day now, like, the earth is just going to swallow us whole and be, like, starting over again because this was a shit run. Right. You know? Well, I do feel like like it's just getting worse. A lot of us are saying (laughs) things aren't how they used to be. And it's not just because we're getting older. Like, man, it's not like it used to be. No, everybody, even older generations are like, man, or in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. I'm 30. I'm not yelling at people to get off my lawn. Like, right. I'm not some old crotchety lady, but at the same point, like... You can see doom dude. on the horizon. You can feel it. I mean, yeah, I, I really do. So, I don't know. Maybe they're right. <laughs> I I had a client of mine that was like, you know, Casey, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel this... Like, she brought up a good point, and I think I brought it up on the show, that mankind hasn't seen... Our generation has not seen tr- true human suffering Mm-mm. in about 100 years. We never had, you know, to live through the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl mm-hmm. era, um, famine, um, genocide. We never had to deal with those things. So all those people living their Instagram and Starbucks life are in for a rude awakening when shit like that hits the front door. Yeah. Because everything comes back around. Well, and it's not like America isn't like every single day making enemies. But, I mean, it's it's tough to kind of... Stuff to keep America down. We're, you know, brutal. Yeah. I don't know. Holly, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, shit sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I think the same thing as you guys. 
don't really have much of a say on this. I I already said it. You know, the world seems like idiocracy in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's becoming a documentary. That's that's a perfect description of how I feel. Like things are going. You know, like where they're headed. I guess is yeah, idiocracy. That movie. Exactly yeah. what I feel like. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, honestly, the whole world. I t- said this to Chris a couple weeks ago. I was like, "Hi," and you know, you have high thoughts, and you're like, "Oh, what about this?" And I'm like, you know, one day the entire world is going to be covered in garbage. <laughs> yeah, like where we like we don't burn it. We like, just keep uh, filling more holes. It's yeah. the Lorax, <laughs> but it's like you you look at okay, you look at our nation, and you see a nation of extremes, and anything in extremes is bad. You're either mm-hmm. super this, super that, you know, and we're on the verge of civil war with each other. God, look at how people reacted to the election. I mean, like breaking windows and burning shit down. Just like people are very extreme, no matter mm-hmm. how they felt. They're extreme. And then, you know, you've got, you know, these cultist um, war groups, you know, in masses, you know, ISIS. Right. You know, planting camps all across Europe. Mm-hmm. Like, you let one in. It's like a cockroach. Yeah. They infiltrate the minds of these people, and then it's over. Paris is screwed. Like, that sucks. Yeah. One of the most beautiful cities in the world that I've never seen is now, like, a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. It's a hotbed for that shit. Sad. And it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, pretty soon it's going to be like you... I mean, even when I went to Ireland which isn't like that but I mean it's becoming very very hard to even travel the world yeah um because like just because of all the things you got to worry about between you know um the the diseases people are you know bringing in and out and then um you know terrorism and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. you've got well, look at the an- the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers war going on. We are right. at civil war with each other, and everyone's blaming each other. Yeah. It's crazy. It is just, like, it's going to be a bloodbath pretty soon. Well, yeah. I mean, people are going to just start throwing down, and then throwing down leads to weapons, and weapons leads to, well, death. <laughs> so. I mean, we've always had violence and extreme areas, like... You know, different things like, I don't want to, I mean, like the Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But we haven't seen anything like that in like. 50 years. Yeah. 100 years. How long ago was that? We're looking at like what? The. Gosh, no, it's it's under 100. But it's. Yeah, the, the 40s. Hello, Google. <laughs> we're the, okay, we're looking at World War Two. so then... Yeah, I mean, my grandpa was, like, on ships back then. So, yeah, like, 60 years ago or some shit. That no, was more than that. Oh, 1933. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the last... Yeah. And that was in Europe, not just the, I mean, that was the United States. So it's like once, I don't know, I don't know, maybe just being pessimist. And we've always got soothsayers that are just going to be like, oh, the world's going to end because everyone's mad at each other. Well, we're always mad. I definitely think things are different. There's still 
you know, some things are similar in certain ways. Like we have had violence. We've had angry outrage of people going into um, like socialism, like people forming groups. Uh, hi, Eric. Hey, Eric. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eric, the creator of uh, Max the Inebriated Rabbit just popped into the studio. My comic book is haunted. um where people have formed groups and they go with like people so you have people who there's always going to be people who have the similar interests or similar dislikes and then when you get those people together and you it's like putting gasoline on a fire well if you keep putting gasoline on the fire it's just going to get bigger and then it's going to cause an outrage Mm -hmm. and i mean i think we'll always have that It'll always be something that's there because when there's negative, there's also positive. And then when there's positive, there's always still going to be that negative side, too. And um, but as far as the, the way that the world is today, I just feel like just said people are getting like dumbed down. And I don't know if that's because that's what. The government wants almost. Yeah, the standards are really low. Or that we're just—I don't know—something's just changing within us, and it's and we're just getting more and more. I feel like out of touch with what but you know because of technology and you, all these other things. Technology has a huge part. You to did play say that. where yeah. there's this, there's also positive. Yeah. So looking at the positive and then looking at the negative, so. And every day we see what, you know, through this small window called the news or the media and everything's, you know, one way or another, you know, every time we turn on the news, it's always bad news. So what, you know, what draws attention? Bad, bad news. news. Drama. Dirty yeah. laundry. Right. So, but then there's the positive where we talk about how people are living longer. They're more hip to mm-hmm. wellness. They're saying affirmations. They're on this higher plane spiritually. So you're Right. And James Fernandez just said, which makes an argument for uh, what you just said, um, was that our generation has lived through some major things. You just don't see it because we're in it right now. So it's probably because we are in the thick of it. So people, yeah, all the idiots, forty years like, ago were out. saying the same thing. We were like, "Oh, the world's going to end." Well, I feel like part of the population is becoming more like woke quotation exactly, and then the other half of the population is just doing everything humanly possible to become more. Well, less tolerant, dumber, more offensive. And I feel like people don't give a shit if they are offensive and they hurt someone's feelings. They just don't care because there's no – like you're not face-to-face with somebody. A lot of this stuff is all on social media and then people get hyped up and they take that back to their group of friends. And those idiots get hyped up over some stupid online shit and then mm-hmm. like this whole thing comes out of it. And there's a lot of people that care too much or <laughs> – there's a lot of disregard for people's feelings and then there's yeah. a lot of caring too much to the point where you're like, oh my God, yeah, now we going, can't talk about anything. Yeah, yeah, well, you're going way overboard. Yeah. Like Jess said, social media has a big impact on the way that the world is today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone wants to start an argument with someone else. Yeah. And it's then easy now. control people mm-hmm. on the internet. And then anything that you do just is instantly on the internet. Yep, everyone. And you know, I was actually thinking about that when I was driving around a couple days ago. Is like if something happened, like anywhere, it could just blow up within a second. 
Mm-hmm. And it could it could be a little thing or it could be a big thing. It doesn't matter. But especially in a small community, because I was thinking about why not. But other communities like that, where it's like, oh, did you hear so? And I'm like, what? Oh, that it just happened. I'm like, how did you find that out? Oh, Facebook. Yep. And I'm like, mm-hmm. geez. So um, it used to not be like that because we didn't have all this access. I mean, the internet was a thing for us in our generation, but it was more something you would go online and chat and just find funny. Right. But now it's like, yeah, go to MySpace and put up a playlist and, you know, Marilyn Monroe background or something. And then, and then I was watching this, um, documentary, if that's what you want to call it about social media, more Instagram, uh, celebrities. And it was on a Netflix, um, so Paris Hilton was one of the people that they were talking about because they were talking about people who have the like the biggest following. Mm-hmm. And one of the people that they interviewed said, well, Paris Hilton is a genius because she branded herself as an idiot. Like mm-hmm. showing that, like making people believe that she doesn't really, she's not really that bright. So she can only go up from there. Yeah. And I'm like, but if you look at that, that's what people want. Like they want to watch something entertaining because they think it's stupid, but then mm-hmm. they want to watch it because it's like, oh, what's she going to do next? Right. That's true. So, I mean, it is true because she really can do whatever. And it's like, oh, wow, she did that. Like, and it could be a little, like, it could be the smartest thing ever or the dumbest thing ever, you know? Yeah. She started the standards low. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> expect- <laughs> low expectations. And and then, yes. Wow. She did a trick. She's pretty much done everything at this point. Um, and now she's got that new single coming out that she, I don't know if you guys even heard it. Um, but it, it, you know, I'm listening to it and it's just kind of stupid, but she's like, fuck boys everywhere trying to make a pass, but I can't stop looking at my best friend's ass. <laughs> I'm like, she is a genius. <laughs> like at that brand new club song. Like. Yeah. And it's like very clubby. We and need I'm to like, add that to the watch list. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, things like that. There was always tragic events going on, but they're highlighted, you know, a little more um, with social media because it's just instant and we can find out every single thing. And when, you know, I always bring up the Ted Bunny tapes a lot, but like my mom pointed out when we were watching that, that back when she was younger in her teenage days and she was on spring break, she said that the Ted Bunny thing was going on, but she didn't know about it because there was no way of finding out news from another state that fast. Right. You didn't find out from till months and months later. Because mm-hmm. she was in Florida. Wasn't yeah. When that she happened? said she didn't even know about that whole the case that had been going on for a while until yeah. like months later where here and this time that would be like, boom, if it happened yesterday, people would be finding about it the same night or the next morning. Right. Or somebody live streamed it. Somebody had their phone out. Yeah, it'd be like breaking news. <laughs> right, right. And you know, it's weird because I I worry. God, I sound so old. I worry about the next generation coming up because I I listen to teachers, and these teachers are talking about these, you know, small kids. I'm talking like, you know, first through fourth grade, and they're being sent to bed with their tablets, you know. It's like a, a, a teddy bear or something. So they're looking at a blue light all night. They come to class. They're falling asleep. 
And they have no social interaction except for what's online. So even the parents aren't even talking to these kids. And one of the teachers told me, she's like, I'll talk to these kids. And I'll be like, okay, did you hear what I just said? And they'll be like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and they're not even talking to each other. It's just like, it, there's like zombies. It's the weirdest thing. Like nobody has ever communicated with these kids. Now, if people listen to this show who had kids and heard, heard what I'm about to say, they're probably really upset with me. But these are my true feelings with tablets and children is that it's lazy parenting. Yep. You, I'll back you up. <laughs> and there's a lot of people I know who do that with their kids. It's a pacifier. But what you do is you don't want to deal with them in the moment. And you're like, okay, get out of my hair. Here's your tablet. Yep. Here's I don't feel tablet. like dealing with this. I want to like, relax. Phone. Yep. Go play with this on YouTube. And the Momo thing happens. They're like, oh my God, I have to monitor my kid now. Right. And it's like, that's an inconvenience. There's sexual predators online. There's people trying to tell my child to kill themselves. Well, and I mean, I see, I saw someone post before. I know I might get some slack because I allow my child to have this iPad or whatever. But you know what? That's my downtime. Shut up. I deserve that. <laughs> Shut up. The being becoming a parent is the most self-sacrificial job that you can have. And if you are not ready to be a parent, then you are not ready to be a parent. You know, you cannot do it. It's a condom. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wrap it up. You don't have to do a disservice to this child. You know? Ugh. I mean, some things are good in moderation. But if they are, you know, if they're a certain age and, you know, I... (laughs) I didn't even have an iPad till I have this old one that someone already used and gave to me. <laughs> like, I mean, and a child has, you know, a couple year old child has one. I mean, I guess an iPad is basically like the now parents like TV and cartoons and stuff. But I mean, these kids aren't running across like cartoons unless you have all the parental controls on there. And they shouldn't be sat in front of them all the time. Anyway, like we went out and played. We played ghosts in the graveyards and we were little shitheads that threw like ice balls at people's cars, like hiding under and behind bushes and stuff. Like we went out and did shit though. Like we didn't just sit there and so stare I, at a screen about other people's right. lives. Like how are you? So uh, there's a couple things a little bit different with that. And I, I, I agree with what you're saying too. But the thing is. When you have video games or even TV shows, it's not interacting with strangers online or watching videos that strangers put up that have, could have potential like Bad things messages. like Momo. Yeah. And um, I remember when I was, you know, like that age. Yeah, I had video games like um, Nintendo and all that, but. I know my mom would be like, okay, you can play that for a little bit, but you need to go outside. Like, yeah. if it was nice out, you're outside. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not staying in this house. I'm not having you. Like, she would tell me, I'm not having you in this house, so you need to go outside. Yeah. Um, You would entertain yourself. Um, you're bored? Well, go find something to do. Entertain yourself. Ride your bike. Do something, you know? Right. Um. Play on a tire swing. We had a tire swing. <laughs> yeah, just, but I figure that. Yeah, shit out. we all had tire swings. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm sorry. I was looking at YouTube and I was watching. <laughs> I'm looking at this. The Momo reaction channel or the Momo challenge reaction. <laughs> what? There's a reaction I, thing on there. Yeah, I kind of want to see this guy. I've never seen like any Momo video ever. Oh, okay. That's I found Momo in Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft. The Momo challenge. Five-year-old boy calls now. Oh my god. So weird. All right, I think I found the song and got it converted for you guys. So when we take like, <laughs> oh, the, the break, we Paris Hilton that. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, James Fernandez wanted to know when we're going to take a break because um, he has a few things to add about um, the things that uh, our society has been through uh, that are similar to what's going on right now. Um, so actually, um, I think we can head to a break now. Uh, so we come back. Uh, James Fernandez delivers some hope about how we're all going to survive this. So, uh, so yeah. Play that song? Yep. Muff divers. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't even talk. <laughs> I told myself I was going to la- laugh less in the mic because I'm just like cackle head over here. Like, <laughs> I do that too. That's I listen and I'm like, I cringe every time. <laughs> Oh my god. Because I, I said, I did say, oh, it's James Fernandez. Hello, Mr. Fernandez. James. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? Oh, we are slap happy. We were, we were, so we were talking on the break. What is it called, Holly? A, a, a mukbang. Mukbang. Not a mukbang. <laughs> a mukbang. Sure. Do you know what that is, James? A mukbang. No, by all means, let me know. It is. Uh, Holly, uh, tell them. <laughs> Tell them about your mukbang. It's when you buy... So YouTubers have found this food craze where people love to watch them eat. So they go and they call it a mukbang where you go to uh, different restaurants or you go to different drive throughs and you just order a bunch of array of food and people watch you eat it. And that's what they call it. It actually started in South Korea. I did see some... Um, like. Yeah, some videos where they were actually doing like the hot pot and they were making the food in front of you and then they were eating it. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it was kind of cool because this was like a big fad. I'm sure it's still big in South Korea now, but it was like the biggest internet fad they had. And for South Korean culture, eating is a super social event. You don't want to eat alone. You're, you're either with your family or a group of friends and it's always like a big like buffet situation where you're all together eating. And so for South Koreans that are lonely – that didn't have anyone to eat meals with, with streaming internet services, they would take to people who got very popular, just eating meals and talking with them. And their viewers generally were also eating at their house. So Mm -hmm. it would recreate that social, it would satisfy that social need of eating with other people. And they became extremely popular and wealthy, but they never called it a mukbang. That is an amazing American way to name. (laughs) I can't think that you were saying mukbang. That's what I thought. Today on Muff Divers, Casey said. <laughs> Muff Diving. Everyone's Muff got banging. their niche, man. Everyone's got their niche. Everyone's got their thing, man. It's weird, and they name it weird things, but okay. I'm going to bring the, the term Muff back. I haven't heard that in a minute. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I have no thing to say about that. <laughs> I mean, it's, hey, look, we got to see what the term, because I didn't know what mukbang was. I thought it was about to get weird, too. So uh, let's he's do like, it. Let's see goes, what mukbang is. Does this, we'll use the does this involve a bus and a chick in a miniskirt? Um, <laughs> so, James, you were going to give us um, a list of things that humanity has survived. 
Well, it's not just humanity. It's uh, I know the idea is like not you know whatever it was in uh, September second, nineteen forty five. I was looking this up because you made me think. I'm like, we've been through nothing, and the idea was for a long time we're like, well, our generations haven't been through anything since, and we always point to World War Two. Um, and then after that, uh, the Korean War was an effect on the next generation after World War II. Um, Vietnam and the beginnings of the power of television media and Richard Nixon hit the generation after the Korean War. Um, so we're going to fast forward to where we are. And I know the idea is we've been through nothing like that. The biggest one that we've been through, obviously, is 9-11 and the resulting two wars after that. Mm-hmm. That is a world-shattering event that we all went through. Every single one of you remembers where you were when suddenly someone said, those planes didn't accidentally hit those buildings. Someone's doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. I was in community college. Uh, uh, and the morning before I left for my, my classes, early in the morning, I still remember Matt Lauer on the Today Show talking about who he's like, how, how can this plane have crashed into this building? Like what, what technology, you know, what malfunction was on there? And I remember when the second one hit and suddenly Matt Lauer said something akin to this is not an accident. Uh, we all went through that. And that is Pearl Harbor levels. That's, that's literally a corollary to Pearl Harbor for our, for you and I. Uh, we went through that. Uh, we've right. been through Columbine. We've been through Sandy Hook. Uh, the Las Vegas shooting, among many others. But those are the, the, the three that most people remember. Uh, the, the, I, I can't remember the, the Florida school name just recently. We've all gone through that. I don't know if any of you remember when there were going postal became a hilarious joke for postal workers that went crazy and shot up their postal offices uh, through the late 90s. Right. But, but, but I, um, not to cut you off, but <clears throat> I wasn't speaking so much about events as I was long periods of time. Like even the Holocaust, that was uh, not on U.S. soil and we did not experience that genocide the Jews did, you know, but we have experienced, you know, long periods of uh, recession to where you you just don't have a pot to piss in, you know, like long ago or, you know, like, I'm, you know, the Dust Bowl era, things like that. Um, moments in time, you know, tragic events. Yeah, we've been through a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, still, it's, but it's the idea that, I mean, we, we are feeling the effects of those things. You and I today are feeling the effects of those things. Right. I think I'm talking the, about the, long periods know. of suffering. Yeah, like oppression. Yeah. I and, and we, well, you know, the Me Too movement, ladies, you've been going through this for a long time. And with Me Too starting to finally break that out, that's something you have personally experienced and probably still continue to experience in certain ways. The hashtag didn't suddenly magically fix it. Mm. But the idea is we are we are suffering through it. We just we don't see it that way because we're not. We're not looking at it through the lens of history. Mm-hmm. We're all experiencing different things. We're all getting more paranoid about each other. It's part of what's creating those tensions is because we're events are happening around us and social media and modern technology definitely amplifies the speed. Can you imagine World War II with modern communications and internet? How horrifying that would be? It wouldn't last long. We'd all be dead. Uh, I, I Maybe. I mean, just think of Japanese Americans when they're getting interned. If we had Twitter, if we had Facebook, if we had all that stuff, um, 
just we are experiencing these kind of traumas, but again, we're in it. In so we don't we don't see it. We don't mm-hmm. feel it because we're not when you look outside, you can look back and go, oh, my gosh, I've never been through stuff like that. But we've been through we are in the effects of some of those things. We just can't see it yet. Mm-hmm. But we definitely. are. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And you're right. To, I mean, to shift in perspective when you're in the thick of something, you never realize it until you look back. Yep. I mean, that's the, the, cause I actually wrote a little list. It was the, we went through two um, space shuttle disasters, uh, those huge hurricanes and typhoons. We've been, you know, deep water horizon. We watched our entire Gulf coast get coated in oil for months. We've been through heaven's gate when that started opening up um, non-mainstream religions, the, the heaven's gate, long suicide, uh, Shoot, David that Koresh. That still and the going Ravidians. on. That's still going on. <laughs> right, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, we're experiencing, and it, and it causes us, it affects us. There's that butterfly effect, and then people start thinking about everyone else more differently, and you start thinking, like, is my neighbor one of these weirdos? Is my neighbor a pervert? Is my neighbor a terrorist? Is my neighbor trying to steal from me? And it gets us more on edge with each other. Um, and the, unfortunately, because it's human nature, we go running to our bubbles that confirm our biases to feel safe and comfortable. And ironically, it, it galvanizes us against each other worse because we're like, I'm safe with the people who agree with me, but that Holly, I don't like how that Holly's talking about that mukbang. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that could be dangerous. I don't, that sounds like a cult. <laughs> a cult. <laughs> well, at least they're only eating food. <laughs> right, right. That's what, and yeah, not sure, muff. unless that's a euphemism. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I, yeah, there is this, um, cause maybe it's, I mean, obviously we know that things are changing and we are experiencing, like you said, you know, um, people, well, for example, people don't, uh, like you just touched on, you know, you don't, people aren't as close to their neighbors as they used to be. You know, people, mm-hmm. when someone even pulls up to turn around in someone's driveway, they're all looking out the window, like holding on to the baseball bat. You know, I mean, in the, in the apartment comes to complex the door, I yeah. live in, you can look in the just you can just be standing in the middle and you can look at the windows of all the apartments and you will literally see certain blinds where they've pulled down one little blind so much that it's dented permanently into a little peephole. Yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. The people are always just like, what's that? Who's that? What's that? Who's that? And then <clears throat> but at the same time, you know, it's like. It's it's hard to uh to argue some of that mode of thinking. You know, I mean like I, I dig my neighbors, but you know, not everybody is I mean, people are really weird. <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of weird sure. shit happening. So when we look back like, oh, remember the weird times? You know, mm-hmm. the paranoid times. I do like there was this one chick talking about mustangs. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> She Mom tries bags. to like give herself this nice appearance. She tries to do this through, like I'm really pretty and I'm articulate and I love animals. By the way, muff bang. Oh god, no. <laughs> she like pops up like Momo at your door, like muff bang. Yep. Actually, I'd rather I'd rather be neighbors with Momo than that muff bang lady. That's a wow. shit. I'm not dealing with that, dude. I was oh, trying yeah. to look up a Momo video, like trying to take that Momo challenge. Well, the problem was most of that was a hoax. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. But it never really happened. YouTube, it was the first time I ever saw 
ever in YouTube's history that they came out during the, the Momo Challenge peak, especially with law enforcement, and they said, we have looked everywhere through every video we can. We can find no evidence. Like they went into the the parts of YouTube that are just bots that look for like copyright infringement because they're using the same images or frames as like a copyrighted movie or something. And so they were using the real ID system, things like that. And again, it could not find any videos that did like the Momo image. They couldn't find them. And it's that it's a bot. So it's not going to be tricked. It, Momo was very specific because it had to be right. That was the, that was the, the scary part is you saw that exact creature. Right. So even YouTube came out and for the first time ever was publicly like we've scrubbed videos. We cannot find any evidence of videos doing this where it starts off as a kitty video and then suddenly Momo comes in somewhere. They're like, we can't find him. If you believe us or not, that's not our problem. What we're telling you, we're looking because this affects us. Right. We couldn't find him. And uh, then only after that did people start manufacturing Momo videos to be like, see, I told you I found it. Right, right. Yeah, First I buy it was that. Holly eating food and the next thing it was Momo. <laughs> Holly sucking on a corn dog like Rah! I bought corn dogs from 17 different places and now I'm going to take your soul <laughs> kill yeah, yourself with this corn dog stick <laughs> I'm going to downvote this video because Momo didn't tell me if the corn dog was good and that's why I was in this channel in the first place <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> um, yeah with the Momo thing, I'm curious who started that in the first place as far as obviously someone had to uh, take that idea. Um, if I remember correctly, because I during the time I was super curious about it, I believe it started in Brazil. Because I know it originally Momo started on WhatsApp. Portuguese term. Um, I believe so, yeah, with WhatsApp. Uh, and the the first police report started in Brazil, and then it actually spread to, it was like Brazil up towards Mexico, then it got to like a little bit of Europe and then the Americas. But if I remember correctly, I think it was Brazil. But if it wasn't on YouTube, was it just people like making a video on some other thing and posting it? Or is it just them talking about it? Uh, and mo at least when YouTube was investigating, because again, I mean, it, you know, if people were making the Momo videos exactly as described by police on YouTube, YouTube wouldn't be able to hide behind like, well, we're not... We're not in, you know, we don't control who puts stuff up on our, our platform. And so it's not our fault. You had kids that legitimately, like there were a couple accounts of kids committing suicide and then urban legends and street legends saying, oh, it was Momo. And then it was Momo from the internet coming to get them. Uh, so a lot of the videos that came out were either people talking or reacting. It was almost like, um, like a typhoid Mary style hysteria. So it was people talking and reacting to something that they didn't actually see. It was other people who were just sort of into the popular thing. Oh, yeah, I saw Momo. I saw it on the Internet. Like, Holly's cool. I want to be cool like Holly, even though she does the weird mukbang thing. I think you, um, I think you want to be Holly. I've been to a mukbang. I've been to a mukbang. <laughs> exactly. But it was, yeah, it was literally like there were, there were the, the hangers on and, the, and the, the bandwagons who were just like, I need to be in the cool group. I saw Momo. Oh, my gosh. Everyone's going to pay attention to me because I said I saw Momo. And so, yeah, it was like a, a hysteria. And of course, parents, I mean, always right now, parents have this love, hate, paranoia, and, you know, babysit my kids relationship with this technology. And it's been slowly getting better. But we're not there yet. And so parents were simultaneously like, 
dear technology, help me raise my children, slash, oh my God, stop trying to steal their souls with internet videos. Mm-hmm. That's what we were just Wait. talking about. Because the thing Hysteria, I... bandwagon, boom, Momo. Every, Momo was quote-unquote uh... everywhere. Momo was nowhere but on our, on our lips and our tongues as we talked about it. Because uh, from what I understood... Um... Casey distracted me with her Momo thing now. Mama. <laughs> it sounds like a baby mixed with like Momo. Because <laughs> it was okay. Mama. <laughs> it will it will forever remind me of that Professor Brothers bit before China Illinois when they were on Super Deluxe when Holly got me into Professor Brothers, and they did still frame Brad Neely comics, and he was talking about a wild night where he just kept passing out and waking up because he drank so much. And he was like, woke up the last time having just hit send on a breakup email to Momo. (laughs) And so as soon as I heard Momo, I'm like, that Momo? The one that (laughs) Professor broke up with? She was just seeking revenge after she got broken up with? (laughs) (laughs) She was ugly anyway, damn. Um, yeah, no wonder why I broke up with her. Holy shit, taking kids' souls. <laughs> and she's naked. But from my understanding, they were saying that people were, accounts were being hacked, and then their videos were being spliced with it. And that's what That it, was it, yep. And YouTube looked, because they, again, that, that, that violates their terms of service. There's a lot of, uh, it's not just the bad PR. It was the case of, like, if, if someone's getting into other people's accounts, we need to know where the security breach is. And uh, it was crazy. I'd never seen that before. YouTube was like, we actually looked. We can't find any evidence of the videos matching these police reports, these claims. People who said they, you know, we've talked to YouTube users that put up, if you put up a video, hi, uh, this is Casey Pierce. I saw Momo. Here's what happened. YouTube was contacting them. But YouTube was contacting them and saying, you claim this happened. We need details. Who hacked your account? And suddenly it was like, oh, well, no one hacked my account. I just want abuse. Well, first of all, F you. Like, thanks a lot. And second of all, again, we can't find it. So they couldn't find it anywhere. It was crazy. Hmm. Which actually adds to the scare because it's like, right. where is it coming from? Oh, maybe it's uh, paranormal. The calls are coming from inside they the house. Traced. They're, yeah, they're, they're coming from inside the chakra. Run. Is that the chakra? I hit my mic on accident. I just punched it. Momo popped it on her microphone. (laughs) 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 I know. Yeah, exactly. Like you notice, no one ever said Momo had some like shitty or wacky voice. Like, oh, Momo, because no one would be scared of that. Let's be like, what? That's terrible. You know, you you gotta imagine her voice kind of cryptic like this, but it wasn't because I watched a video of it. If it was like, hey, like, kids. Hey, what's up? My name's Momo. I'm here to scare you today. Oh, I'm Momo. And, uh... <laughs> uh, no, I hope the... you don't kill yourself looking at me. I'm looking pretty good, right? You like, how I look? You like that? <laughs> the video that I watched was like Peppa Pig, and then in the middle of it, it was like, all of a sudden, it was a f- the it was like a hypnotic background swirling, yep. and then the face of Momo popped in, and it was like zooming in on it and then it, it was like hi kids and it was very like light sounding voice and it was like so i'm gonna need you like pretty much is like so i'm gonna need you to go in your dad's garage and grab the sharpest tool you can find like, like, that's exactly the, what the voice said and it said go in your dad's garage and find the sharpest tool you and can kids find. aren't that dumb these days like not anymore, no, no, no. The, the one thing, I know we love to say, like, the younger generations are dumb or whatever. They're actually, 
There's generations the are smarter than the generations before them. How they use it can frustrate us. But yeah, they, they fall for that less and less. I give kids, I will give young adults credit for that. They don't fall. They'll fall for fire festival, but they won't fall for Momo. So uh, well, let me, let me, let me stop you there for a minute. Okay. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, uh I'll be like, uh, who was it? Mm-hmm. Kanye West. What? I'm going to let you have your moment, but, uh, Oh, but I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> But uh, I'm gonna let you Momo. But. <laughs> but you know there was Slender Man, and you see what that happened with the girl who tried to kill her friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. But arguably that was one instance. But she also had she had like actual <laughs> psychological issue, like actual illness and disease. Right, but there are you know it doesn't excuse it. Now, mind there. you, that never excuses those acts. I'm a firm one. It doesn't excuse them. It explains them. But when you actually have mental illness or disease, your ability to perceive your world and then react appropriately is highly compromised. Like but, she, she wanted it to be true, so therefore it was true. But I can see so really bad. young kids because what was happening was supposedly Momo was saying, uh, "Now don't tell anybody, or else I'm coming kill your whole family." Like pretty much, right? Or I'll kill you. It was the evil version of Soupy Sales. Yeah, right? <laughs> Gosh, that's an old reference. It's like, My dad grew up on Soupy Sales. Peppa My Pig. mom told me that story, <laughs> best story ever, where he sat there and was just like, hey, kids, go into mom and dad's wallets and get the little green pieces of paper and send them to me. <laughs> and uh, hilariously, some kids did mail money to Soupy Sales. He would send it back immediately, but he was like, he was doing it as a wink, wink joke to the parents. And the, and the production crew. And little kids are like, yeah, let's send money. Let's send the green piece of paper to Soupy Sales. I need to do that. That's a good idea. Huh? I need to do that. Those are greenbacks well, in your parents' yeah, wallet. I need those. Now it's like, care of Casey Pierce. Today's, you know, today you'd be like, uh, I'm getting sued. <laughs> right? I don't know who would fall for it. Which one of you kids are the biggest idiots here? Money challenge. <laughs> Is that we'll call it the Mo Money Challenge? The Mo, the mo Money the mo, the mo Money Challenge. Mo Money, Mo Problems. I got these lawsuits now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mo, Mo, Mo Lawsuits. <laughs> and then you'd be like oh, on, wow. on the news like, ain't my problem. They're dumb enough to send that money to me. Yeah. All I, I do is ask for some money and keepers. people send it. Finders keepers. Just put a disclaimer <laughs> at the beginning of the video that this is for comedic purposes. And if they didn't pay attention, that's not on you. Yeah, you got to see the small print. Right. Yeah. Very small print. Like one. You're gonna say it really fast. It just says JK, real small letters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We are not responsible for anything that happens after this. Uh, If we get your money in the mail, we will not have to pay it back. Thank you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You gotta add that thank you at the end. (laughs) Good night. What is it the tellers have to say now when they do phone lines? It's something like uh, promises of future results are not guarantees. You just have to do something ridiculous like that. (laughs) Like I, Your I, money I is I not guaranteed back to you. Thank you. Yeah. So, guys, I'm sorry. Mars moved an inch to the left. It completely threw everything off. There's nothing we can do, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Mercury was in retrograde. <laughs> you know, shit happens. Yes. You know, Mercury just I it juked. I didn't expect it. It like skipped to the left a little quicker than I thought, and it was over. So <laughs> we were talking. Like I'm sitting here laughing my ass off, like silently. Like, well, not too silently, but. I've got, like, <laughs> An ace in the hole. I'm holding in my hand my phone, and I'm laughing because I was. We were just talking about um, 
the the best episodes of the watch list, like the ones we personally found really funny. And I will still to this day, I'll be in the middle of a massage with a client. And I, I did this the other day. I forgot to tell you, like, I wanted to bust out laughing. Like, you think something, you go. Like Beavis and Butthead. Like, you're biting the cord <laughs> of your lip. But it's, it's when I played the Tim Allen grunt oh, 400 yes. times slower. <laughs> and Holly, Holly shouts. She goes, it sounds like a haunted house. <laughs> it did. And I'm so tempted to play it right now. You should. Oh, you should. <laughs> I was like, I like, something like, yeah. wait, that, first of all, Damn, you had that real quick. You, you had that backed up. You knew I was going to ask you to play that. It sounds like he's possessed, though. It does. Like, the demons are coming out of his body. Plus, look at his... That, if you could see the video right now, all his head is way, way back. Like, <laughs> what are you going to say, James? I just said, that scares me more than Momo. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. If you saw the video picture, you'd you'd be terrified. It looks like the demons are coming out of his body. I want to like play it during like a yoga meditation. Just be like, oh yeah, I'm really feeling it. (laughs) This is some ancient tribal. (laughs) I want you to be. I want to send that to my sister with like a lie story, like a fake story. Fake news. <laughs> Remember that time like, it was a haunting in someone's house. Out on like Kim, this is an actual ghost. She'd be like, "Oh my god!" I'm gonna send it to you right now. <laughs> Do it. I'm like, send it to her. It's like it's like parallel universe Beatle music. Just go for that. That worked for that one guy. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> Another favorite episode of mine was ah uh, the one with the sex robot. Thing that that guy made with the creepy ass oh. music. She oh. was gonna be a dancer or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, tear, tear <laughs> the android. <laughs> yeah, tear the android. Like He's gonna take her on tour. He got her head from a a dental office. Yeah, like it was a dental model. And he's like, Creepy. she was supposed to be the first singing android. We were talking about how she was going to go on tour with R. Kelly. He was going to pee on her, and it was going to explode. <laughs> uh, I yep. remember the video. It's like you made a video. This is her number one hit. <laughs> fantastic. I remember because the way Holly sang the I Feel Fantastic haunts people's nightmares. It's really impressive. And then Holly came up with the great commercial, though. Like, she could do promo spots for, what was it? Oh, it was uh, Robot Douches. <laughs> you said she would be like, yes. she, like your robot not feeling so fresh. And then, like, once she uses the robo dude, she's like doing hurdles over cars and oncoming traffic, rainbows shooting from her crotch. Well, you know, you, that's that's the future. Everyone having a robot, you, you know, exactly right. If it's you're fine. gonna have sex it's, it's bots, well, they're probably gonna have to douche at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta douche from all them douches. Ow. Gotta clean the old nut <laughs> yeah. out to make room say, for the new. They're gonna call it a douche. They're gonna call it an oil change. Right? No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> That's what I call it. Change the fluid. I feel like we should start working on a product right now. Yeah, yeah. like a cleaning product. It's for called sex robot. Like we gotta spell fantastic differently than fantastic smells. <laughs> I feel like I have a million, you know, 
a million million dollar ideas. So we can do that, but uh, we're also going to create the virtual reality sex thing, which is, remember I said. Oh, yeah. Is it cheating? (laughs) Yeah. So I was talking about if you really want to get into it, then it's the one where (laughs) you could have sex, virtual reality sex. And if you wanted to go extensive about it, you could contact your favorite porn stars and they would be into virtual reality too. That would be a big Momo. money <laughs> game right yeah, there. I mean, what that would be that would be an update of the the phone sex lines. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. That made a lot of money for a lot of people. I need to uh copyright this or something. <laughs> yeah, well you just said it on the air. Somebody's already working on it. Oh, I'm That's sure they've been working idea. on it for a while now, yeah. I mean, we're that much closer to sleeping with porn stars. I mean, what's her name? Gosh, Chrissy Mack. She has she does molds of her butthole. Like, and she sells them online. And then people buy them and bang them. Yep. Her I mean, just, butthole mold. Yep. Just like I was saying with Paris Hilton and all those uh, followers, she could be selling her face on a peanut butter jar for $100 per peanut butter, you know, and it's like, Probably would sell. She probably for everything. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, um, dude, it's like eleven oh two. So, James, I want to thank you again for calling on the show. It's always nice to talk thank to you. you. So thank much. you so much for being a a longtime listener, longtime caller, only caller. <laughs> it's not a problem, by the way, Holly. We got to schedule our muff bang, please. I got to get in on this. Let me know what that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get on your muck. <laughs> yeah, girl, hit me up with that muff bang deep, yo. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Smash that like button. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, follow us uh, <laughs> down below. Smash the like button. At Muffin. Give me the comment, Coral. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys again. This Thanks. has been The Watch List. I'm Casey Pierce. That's Holly Hogan. That's us. Good night.